You know what time it is. It's time for Rating the Nerd. With your hosts, Tim and Zach. Take it away, boys. <laughs> Welcome back to Grading the Nerd. This is the show where we check out geek stuff, nerd stuff, stuff stuff. I'm Little Larry Likes a Lot, and Zach is mean old Mr. Crabapple, who was determined to make this the longest summer of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, how's it going? It's going, dude. (laughs) Bright and early Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. Making podcasts like you do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How's your week going? Not too bad. Uh okay. yeah, not not too bad. It's been it's been a little awkward like um just trying to close things out at work. I I'm I've taken a new job, so I'm in my like close out period at my current job. So, you know, that's always a little bit weird where everybody's pinging you and like, "Where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you leaving?" you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what about France? Some more time in France. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's been good, man. It's it it was not an easy decision. I really liked where I was working, but it seems like a pretty good opportunity. Yeah, good opportunity indeed. Yeah, but that yeah, that's always a little weird. But other than that, man, it's still just uh, still just living in a cave, you know. Yeah, trying to avoid the world. How about you? Yeah, I hear you. I managed to get out this week. Nice. Yeah, I've usually just been driving around on my lunch breaks, try to kill some time and get myself out of the house, sort of. Yeah. But uh, I went over to the uh, Cox Arboretum. Oh, okay. The yeah, yeah. Walked around there for a while. There was there weren't too many people there. I think I saw maybe five total. Right on. So I had most of the park to myself. It was cold, but I mean, it was nice. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Well. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. Nice. So, did you uh, did you finish decorating for the holidays? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've continued to put off part of that. Right on. Right on. Yeah, that's. I just I just can't bring myself to do it, man. I'm just too. There's just too much going on. I'm I'm just not into it right now. Gotcha. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I have been told that that's apparently the plan for later this morning is to uh, to decorate the interior of the house. Mm. Yeah, so um, we did that part. Oh, okay, but I haven't finished. I haven't finished outside. It's not like it's going to get warmer, so I don't know what the fuck I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I've got I've got fence junk still to do today if I can. So. Um, Hoping that I get get a chance to do some of that, it, it at least looks sunny outside. Mm, so, yeah. um, no, it's funny. Our uh, in our front yard, um, my wife bought a like a five foot long inflatable dachshund in a Santa coat and hat. And cute, yeah. And we have a dachshund, you know. So, right. um, <laughs> our dachshund was outside using the restroom in the front yard yesterday, and somebody drove by. And they like slowed way down and looked at the inflatable and then looked at our dog and then looked back at the inflatable and then just kind of grinned and then just sped back up and took off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, 
That's funny. But yeah, so I, that's all we've really done outside. I don't know that we're going to do much more this year. <clears throat> so that works. Yeah. You know, it's, I wish she also put up, we have one of those, you know how, like when people are like, I want to, I want to decorate, but I don't care. And they have like those, those stake in the ground light show things that just project moving lights on the side of your house. Yeah. We have one of those too. So yeah, we have one of those also. <laughs> Yeah. My daughter hates it. She's always like redneck light show. Yeah. My daughter's always like, that is the jankest attempt at like decoration on the outside of your house that I've ever seen. It really is. Yeah. But we have it in tandem with the other lights. So there's the like swirling snowflakes that are falling all over the place. And then, and then the regular lights. Oh, look at you. Oh, I know. I like the ones where like people just do that cascade of like, pinpoint red and green lights all over their house like nailed it yeah got it yeah they're like <laughs> oh, hanging they're like tacked up over the door you're like how do you get out of your house <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say man you got the you got the regular lights and the light show you're like cirque du soleil mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. imagining you with a with a ladder leaned against your house holding yourself out horizontal to the ground you know <laughs> I fucking hate getting on a ladder and I I really hate fucking doing the lights. Every time I'm up there, I'm like, I feel like a watermelon trying to mount a toothpick. It's like, this thing's going to fucking collapse and I'm going to come like crashing at terminal velocity into the earth. I understand, man. I'm like, it's made of aluminum. Why is it creaking? (laughs) How much do I weigh? (laughs) <laughs> oh jeez man that's that's funnier to me because the the attic ladder at our house like it's like one of the old wood ones you know that you mm-hmm. you pull down but it, it unfolds but it's just wood and it's just i mean it's gotten old but <laughs> but a few years back like i stepped on the bottom little because like when you unfold it the first two rungs are on their own like little mini ladder and I stepped mm-hmm. on it, and just that hinge where it unfolds just gave up and was like, nope. And so I was like, I broke the goddamn attic ladder. I'm so fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so then for a long time, I would just pull it down and then, like, step up to, like, the third rung, the first rung of the new, of the new short ladder, you know, the new floating ladder. And, mm-hmm. and then after a while, it started, like, when I do it and I was like, nope. <laughs> like, so now I just pull the the hatch open and then stand my, my step ladder up next to it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing that crap. So do you store things in your attic? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I've never been in my attic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We, we store stuff up there, you know, in case of a fire. <laughs> my, <laughs> it's safe in there. Yeah. Well, we uh, want more kindling. Like no, re- <laughs> no reason the roof should survive. Um. <laughs> no, um, there's no like, there's no like lights or anything up there. And I haven't, I mean, I probably should store things up there because like I've got a lot of shit. Yeah. And I could easily just get it the fuck out of my way and put it up there. But yeah, there you go, man. Yeah. It's just, um, I haven't been up there. I'm nervous about going up there. I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going to find something that's going to freak me out. Like a person living up there? I was thinking more along <laughs> the lines of like water damage. Oh, oh. 
because I mean, you've heard those stories, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. of like where somebody, uh, somebody hears something in their attic and they're like, I have a squirrel in my attic or something. And then, uh, I forget what it was. I, I, I've heard Chris D'Elia talk about it and he's like, it was a story he read where this guy thought he heard something in the attic. He opened the hatch and he just hears a voice go, get out of my house. <laughs> he's like, what? Who's up there? And I'm like, what? How's that guy not out the front door already? And yeah, it was just some person living in his attic. They would sneak out when he was gone and get supplies and then come back and climb back up in the attic. Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you would just be living in darkness all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's moxie though, to be like, get out of my house. Like you occupy mm-hmm. one third of the house and it's the third without windows. Like, I feel <laughs> like this is my house, <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's, uh, yeah, we've, uh, so one of the grossest jobs I've ever had. I was actually on, I was like on a co-op assignment when I was in college, our college did co-op. So you got real world experience, you know? Mm. And, uh, it was back when I was in the architectural field, I was working for this architecture firm in Cincinnati and they were a bunch of douchebags. They, they essentially, at the time I was there, there was a guy that was younger than me from another school that was there. And literally as part of his co-op, one of the owners of the firm owned a bunch of rental properties around Cincinnati. And so this kid is part of his real world learning experience. Like once a week would have to go mow lawns at these other, at these uh, rental properties. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so one day that sounds like they're really just abusing that. Yeah. Big time. And so one day I go into work and they're like, Hey, there's something going on at one of the rental properties. It's down the street, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't even remember the kid's name. He's already there. He's going to meet you there. Um, can you go down and help him take a look? I'm like, okay. So we go down there and we knock and the young guy, the younger guy that's living there comes out and he's like, yeah, man, there's like this weird smell in my apartment. And like, um, he's like, I don't know if there's something in the attic or what. So yeah, we climbed up in the attic and sure enough, there's a dead squirrel laying in the like blown insulation. And Mm. And it's that like white blown insulation. And so, uh-huh. you know, we both have like jumpsuits and gloves on. I'm, he's like, uh, he's like, do you want to hold the bag or get the squirrel? And I'm like, um, I'm holding the bag because you're younger than me. And he's like, <laughs> okay. So he lifts the squirrel up and puts it in the bag. And then we're like, I'm like, like, did you get it all? You know, so we shine the flashlight back over and realize that a big section of the white insulation is crawling around. Like, (laughs) yeah. And so he had to get two big handfuls of that and dump it in the bag, too. Oh, yeah. And that was my last co-op before I graduated. So I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm like 21, 22. And I was like. I was like, screw this place. And then when I got back, they were like, um, they gave, they gave you not a great review. They said that you weren't really engaged. I go, let me tell you what they have their, their intern quote unquote co-op students do. And I told the, I told the like liaison and she was like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, not at all. And she goes, uh, why didn't you? Why didn't you call me and we would have found you something else? And it was the, literally the last thing I had to do to get my diploma. 
And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I had to put up with this for three months to get a diploma. Like they could have, they could have had me come in every day and just kick me in the crotch. And I would have said, okay, like <laughs> I just want to get out of here. And she was like, okay, well I'm going to take them off the list. And I was like, yeah, please do. There was only one cool guy there that I got along with at all. And he got fired for being an alcoholic. So while I was there, which was super fun. Yeah. I don't know. I will stop talking about it there. Cause I really want to say their name, but I'd really, no. shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I hear you. I hear you. Good. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, anything else fun or you want to get into it? Yeah, let's dig in. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. So, You really must stay, Baby Lobo's outside. He'll blow you away, Baby Lobo's outside. He's the main man of sin, moping and angry and grim. Just a vest in the eyes, I'm pretty sure he's covered with lice. A weird bulldog is out. All right, all right. Let's just address it. This song is creepy AF, and much like the subject of this week's episode... Most of those involved with it are booze-soaked misogynists with anger issues who have most likely ruined the holidays for at least someone, if not some ones. So we're kicking off the holiday season here in December by talking about the Lobo paramilitary Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which Lobo. we've talked about Lobo before. Um, he's a comic book character from DC, not to be confused with Lobo, the character from Dell Comics, who was a fictional Western comic book hero. That appeared in two episodes, two issues of their comic in 1965 and 1966. Yeah, he was a. I I was so confused. (laughs) I know. I figured. I figured a lot of our listeners would be. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I I went to Wikipedia and I was like, Lobo Dell Comics. Hold on a second. (laughs) um, Yeah. He was branded for life. An honest man blamed for a crime he did not commit. Oh, we ain't talking about him. We're talking about Lobo, the Zarnian. <laughs> Zarnian? Zarnian. So that's, his, that's his race? Yeah, yeah. He's from the planet Zarnia. C-Z-A-R-N-I-A. Mm. Yeah, I think we covered this a little bit in the, in the, um, in the Marvel versus DC discussion. But, um, yeah. But yeah, so I guess we'll talk about a little bit. Like I said, we're kicking off the holiday season. We decided to kind of do what we did around Halloween and maybe do a few episodes related to the holidays. Um, and so we're starting here. This is probably going to be the the least known of what we're talking about. Uh, at least I sure. would imagine, right? Yeah, Lobo Lobo's a character that um, has gone toe-to-toe with Superman in the comics. Um, he's an intergalactic really? bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's... He's almost um he's almost like a weird analog of like Deadpool but not like Deadpool is a blatant rip off of Deathstroke, right? Mm-hmm. But um but he is more like Deadpool in that it's silly writing, it's kind of um hokey at times. Um it's very gory, it's very adult themed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he's uh He's got lots of different abilities, like he has superhuman senses, um, you know, like strength, speed, stamina, like your your 
basic superhero, supervillain kit. Um, right. But he also has regeneration, um, immortality. He's a genius level intellect, apparently, um, which you really get. That really shines through in the reading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he used to be he used to be pretty much invincible because when he would get cut, every drop of blood that hit the ground would instantly grow into a clone of him. What? Yeah. And so what they because of the the way they write Lobo and the and the you know ridiculous situations and all more often than not the, those clones would help him defeat whoever he was fighting but then would ab- immediately get into a fight with him to try to be the main man <laughs> you know and he'd have to kill all those clones so um yeah so he's he's a large albino skinned pale skinned white skinned we'll just call it it's not really albino it's it's like it's chalk white skin with like long black hair, think think your stereotypical like Sons of Anarchy biker. Think uh, Rody for ICP. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he <laughs> does. He do look like a juggalo a bit. Yeah. Oh man, just drinking. What is it? Fanta? Is that is, is Fanta their drink of choice? I can't remember. It's, it's Fago. Fago. Oh yes, there you yeah. go. Oh, don't at me. ICP juggalos. <laughs> you think we have any juggalos that listen? I fucking doubt it. Dude, I hope we do. I hope they're just like, uh, they're just dancing and doing Molly. And if we do, this is the comic for you. Yeah, big time. Big time. Um, so, yeah, we, we, this is the paramilitary Christmas special. Um, this was like a one issue that, um, that, DC put out and it's it's a it's a even for Lobo it's a farcical story where he's hired by the Easter Bunny to kill Santa Claus Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you think of this man (laughs) um so in general I really dig reading comics for the show I definitely think we should do more of that and I know I've said that before I said that when we did the amalgam ones right right um there's just a I think there's a lot to to really dig into with with comics but um for for this one just just if I'm if I'm trying to like judge Lobo off of this uh I'm not a fan but, <laughs> right um, on, okay uh he he's weird man like I in my head I kept hearing him as like this this Randy Savage type character, <laughs> you know, that, Ooh, that, yeah. that, that looks like the <laughs> the belligerent love child of Martian Manhunter and Gene Simmons. <laughs> Gene Simmons would be up for it, I think. <laughs> I mean, Martian Manhunter can shape, shape change. I might be up for it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's funny. Oh man, it's um, it's weird. It it starts off really weird from like a third party, like getting engaged in a story about Lobo killing Santa. Yeah, it's bookended by this weird, this weird ultra violent reality where, like the the mom and dad, it's like Christmas Eve, and the dad lost his job or whatever, and mm-hmm. that they're they know that like they're they're a hundred percent sure their children are going to murder them because they're not going to have Christmas presents. Right, mm-hmm. which I I don't know if it's Christmas Eve, but it's it's Christmas time, 
And if it is Christmas Eve, I'm like, you should have already bought the presents. Like, you're just bad parents. Right, yeah. You know, but, um, but yeah, it's bookended with the, this weird, like, um, I don't know, man. Like, almost hard to look at drawing style. Yeah, really hard to look at. Yeah. Um, like, where it's the... The, it reminded me of some weird, like, Spawn shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like the- It felt like- was. Did this come out in the 90s? It did. It did. It, it definitely had, like, that feel Actually, it. did it come out in the 90s? Let me let me look. I'm going to look real quick. Um, I mean, I feel like if it was the 80s, it had to have been, like, late 80s. Uh, 91. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's that weird, like, really scratchy artwork with, like- mm-hmm. Every their everybody's gums and pores shown in excruciating detail and um, it's so weird. Yeah, it is very weird. I can't believe that was a style for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. And like it's strange. Yeah, and like the the dad is like Frankenstein-y kinda. Like he's got very big square shoulders with like mismatched arms and ripped pants with no shoes on. <laughs> yeah. Like where what? And, and, like, some weird, like, curly Liberty Spikes or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, his hair his hair is, like, piled up in top, on the top of his head. It looks like like a, like a scribbled-in poop emoji, basically. <laughs> like, um, and the mom's, like, in curlers with, with big shocks of red hair. And, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely... Definitely a weird – I had forgotten – so I read this a long time ago, and I had forgotten that that it started and ended with this this bookend story about the, this family. Um, and it's real grim. I mean, like, like the, they're sure the kids are going to murder them. They, they talk about, like, remember what happened to this other family, you know, and they're like – Roy or whatever his name was like you couldn't even fit him you or you could have fit him in a matchbox at the end you know like basically the kids the kids demolished them and um Joe you could have you could have got Joe in a matchbox he says so they they decide to take the take the initiative and just murder their children first don't they have like weird names like the two main yeah yeah they do it's um uh let me see yeah it's it's real strange. Like it's it's, it's weird. It's like they, it made me think that they were like, either like an alternate dimension or like another world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It uh, it definitely definitely came across as that. Yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, and the guy gets fired for for f- taking too many poop breaks at work. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her name is. Or- orifice? I don't know if that's supposed to be like orifice. I, I think it's orifice. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be like orifice, which I'm like, okay, I get it. That's maybe he just calls her that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I can't remember what what was his name. It was like, did it start with a E or something like that? I don't know. Let's see. Um, I don't know. I can't find his name. <laughs> that's all right yeah it's uh it's, it's like you know like Ert, Ertl spurt or something like that you know it, it doesn't make any sense it's weird yeah oh well she does she calls him she says she says at one point like 
she calls him like a ferret thung. And I'm like, I don't know if that's like a, a like a real attempt at like extreme hillbilly dialect or what, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, they, yeah, like he gets the gun out of the closet and she's like, make sure you set it on automatic. We don't want no survivors. Jesus. I mean, it's like, it's real dark. I forgot that this started with this. It's, it was really dark. <laughs> real strange. Um, and then suddenly they, they get a book, right? There's a knock on the door. And, um, yeah, and they, they think that it's the kids trying to flank them. Like the kids have jumped <laughs> out of the second story or whatever and come to the front door. And it's just this book. And the book basically reads like, you know, this'll, this'll help you. This'll help you. What, what, like, yeah, this'll help you calm your kids down or something. It's got like, yeah, a, it was like, it's got like a sales pitch page. Right. There's like a sales pitch page and it's very specific to their current scenario. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it, yeah. It says something like, if, like, if your kids still want a Christmas, we'll pick up all burial expenses. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it's just weird, man. And this was like, um, yeah. So this was like written by Keith Giffen. So, um, I'm not super familiar again. I, I'm more of a, I was more of a Marvel guy growing up. So, um, mm-hmm. let me see. I'm, I'm kind of curious if, uh, so Keith Giffen is actually, he's an American artist and writer. Um, he is, uh, he's one of the co-creators of Lobo apparently. So, yeah. So, yeah, it looks like he co-created Lobo. Um, You know, he wrote for like Doom Patrol and uh, Justice League for a while. Ambush Bug who's another kind of absurd DC character. Um, But yeah, man. So so they get into this book. They start reading the story. It's basically it, it starts right in with a full like a full page spread of Lobo and dog D A W G. Who's the bulldog that sort of follows him around in the comics? That was the bulldog's name. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I don't know if they say it in here. That's that's what he calls him because it's not really his dog. It just started following him around one day, and he kind of lets it. Um, but he always he like kind of a running gag in a lot of Lobo comics is anytime it does anything that would get him in trouble, he's like, "That's not mine," you know, <laughs> like like I don't own that dog, but uh. Yeah, this big full page spread of him. It's actually, I really like that image because it's kind of, this is where you can really tell it's the 90s. He's just wearing a vest with no shirt, but the vest doesn't come all the way down to his waist. It stops Mm -hmm. like halfway up his torso. And one of the, it's actually a jacket, I guess. It's not really a vest, but one of the sleeves is ripped off. So it looks like a vest on one side, but it actually has a sleeve on the other. It's got that, that. Big time uh, asymmetrical look. And I actually, Mm -hmm. I really like that image, even though his hair is very, very like 80s hair metal band in that, in that um, shot. Yeah, it really is. It's just big and wild, a big flowing mane. Like I expect him to break into some rat or jackal with a Y, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's so the story starts with him like coming into this bar, right? This is like a space bar. Yeah, it's a space bar. 
um, which is where he usually hangs out. Also, what do you think about, uh, let's just talk Lobo's design a little bit. What do you think about the chain wrapped around the forearm with the big hook? I mean, I feel like that would be really hard to walk around with. <laughs> what's, what's the point of the chain? Uh, it's a weapon. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Because, like, I, I know he uses it in the comic. I just didn't realize, like, is that, like, a regular weapon of his? Yeah, or yeah. was it just this? Okay. No, he, yeah, he usually has the chain wrapped around the, the left forearm with the, the mm, hook like hanging. Big meat hook. Yeah, big meat hook. And I think, again, it's just it's ultraviolet. Like, to kill somebody with that thing would just be gory as hell, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, oh, this this comic's chock full of that. It really is. It really is. Um, yep. Stuff to the rafters with guts. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, so this is, I remember as a young man, younger man, reading Lobo, and I really liked the character because of the absurdist humor. Um, like, it starts right out in the bar. He walks in, and he goes to the barkeep to, like, which he grabs by the, the scruff of his shirt. And pulls him almost over the bar, you know, and is like, I'm supposed to be meeting somebody. But as he's doing it, he just jams another patron's face into the bar for no reason. <laughs> and and I'm like, I think as a, as a teenager, I was just like, there was part of me that was just like, that's badass. But part of me that was also like, this is ridiculously fun. You know, like, it's just, it's silly machismo to the nth degree, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. I will say in the art style, I so in in the book part of this where they're reading this book, this story about Lobo, the art calms down slightly. Like it's not it it's not as sketchy and and straggling lines everywhere. But um, like at the beginning, yeah, yeah, like at the beginning, yeah. But um, but it's yeah, still got that. the weird like ink blot backgrounds, mm-hmm. and um. And it's still pretty hyper stylized. The thing that I could, I had a real hard time with, oddly enough, was why the hell don't his, like, he has fingerless gloves that his fingers stick out of, but why don't the back of them cover his whole hand? Oh, they don't? I didn't No, like, in a lot of shots, like, like, they're, they're a good inch and a half up from his wrist, up onto the back of his hand. And I'm like, you're a bounty hunter, man. Take some pride in your gloves. <laughs> By the right size. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i just it was weird i noticed it in multiple panels and i just kept like it kept bothering me maybe he's going for that if the gloves don't fit must have quit <laughs> <laughs> yes that's it he's got uh he's got the he's got the kardashian lawyer he's got the <laughs> cochran lawyer there you go. Like, I just I, anytime I hear that, it makes me. Think, <laughs> Those are my gloves. <laughs> yeah. Any, anytime I hear that, it makes me think of the uh, the Seinfeld where they parody that with the um, with the brawl. Mm. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I and mean, he's just like, "Who told her to put on the brawl? I didn't tell her to put on the brawl." <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> their Johnny Cochran analog. He gets so mad that they ask her to try it on in court. <laughs> He's like, you ruined us. <laughs> so funny. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, man. So, he goes into the bar and he, he goes to meet his contact. Do you want to get into who that is and what the what the premise of the, the story is? Oh, man. So, he, the, the contact is the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. And he's sloppy drunk. Like, he's right. really knocked back quite a few at this point. And I couldn't tell if it was because he's an alcoholic or because he was nervous about meeting Lobo. Right, right, yeah. 
It seems to but, be a little um, of both, maybe. It might be a little bit of both. He was he was sloppy drunk, and uh, the, I I actually kind of liked the way that they wrote this character because they wrote his speech impediment into his text. Yeah, like the way he talked. So like when I'm reading it, I hear it as if he were you know if it was an anthropomorphic rabbit trying to talk like right, a person. Right. So, so so very much how you like how they write like gambits speech into his no <laughs> no not at their own in fact this might be one of the one of the only times when i did like this right. because this is the whole reason that i don't like mark twain yeah yeah is <laughs> because every single character in his stories their 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 impediment or the way their their you know their their slang is is written out phonetically right right I mean, that's not the only thing I don't like about Mark Twain's writing. Well, yeah. <laughs> but we, you had to read it a lot in school. I, you know what I, I mean? I mean, I was thinking like, more like the, the the big, the glaring thing in Huck Finn. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty in your face. But we did have to read that in school. Yeah. I fucking I fucking hated it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, it is tough to read a lot of um a lot of speech impediments or or dialects written into the phonetic spelling of a word mm-hmm. um, but this one i like yeah this yeah is the, and this, this is the rare instance where i like and this. it's sort of i mean he's on he's on the page so to speak for for what one page or maybe two you know yeah, and, one or two, and it's um and it's a minor one it's he's got big rabbity teeth so and he's inebriated so he just like he gets the sh- sound in his s's uh-huh. so so it's it's not overdone, you know. No, no. Um, yeah, but uh, yes. Okay, so he he goes to meet the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny is definitely nervous and scared or whatever. Mm-hmm. Dog almost attacks him. He barks at him at one point. Um, and Lobo thinks he knows him, right? Right. <laughs> you want to get into that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So he clarifies that he does know him because when he was a child, he tried to snare him in a trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Which, again, kind of funny, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, again, I really I kind of dig the art throughout this this meeting. They they kind of jump to like faraway shots, close up shots, you know, like it's mm-hmm. like the faraway shots silhouetted in one panel. It's it's got good uh, dynamic. Like it's sort of like a, a really dynamic scene from a movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they're yeah. pushing in, they're pulling um, wide out to wide shots. They're, you know, the the camera's moving around. I kind of, yeah, I kind of dug. I actually dug this a lot. The, these couple pages, which is in stark contrast to the camera work in the uh, short film about this. <laughs> yes, big time. Yeah, because we watched that too, right? We watched the we did the um. The Lobo Pilimer- I can't even say it. The Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special short film, which is mm-hmm. you can find on YouTube. Yeah, starring Andrew Brynjarski. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> and so it's weird. He was in. Did you ever see? That sounds like a fucking made up name. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Brynjarski. Don't say that too loud, man. He might hear you. Because <laughs> um, this guy is built like a brick shit house, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the first time I saw him in a movie, um, was did you ever did you ever see the um movie? uh the pro the program it was like um you i i can't imagine it would have been your cup of tea 
I don't think so. It, so it was a it was a movie that came out. I want to say in the nineties, maybe ninety three. Ninety three. Okay, mm-hmm. and it was about a college football program starring okay. James Caan as the head coach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, had a lot of a lot of people in it, but um, this guy who plays Lobo in the short, he played like one of their defensive players who. I'm getting off into another movie, but essentially he spent three years like on the bench, um, you know, and on like backup special teams. And then they're like, he put on like 35 pounds of muscle over the summer. Like he's got to be juicing. And that's one of the subplots is that this guy has got roid rage and everything. But the first time I saw this guy in that movie, they, they specifically do one scene where he's at a college party and they have him with this like little blonde sorority girl and the size difference is like like almost looks fake <laughs> like you know like she's mm. the size of his arm and i'm like that's horrifying you know um yeah and and it's you know the scene kind of devolves into they they sneak off from the party and then she's like i don't really want to do this and then he flips out and almost kills her you know and it's like it's crazy but then this guy like when he was younger i mean he's he's a little bit older actor now but when he was younger he was like i love the character of lobo i love the absurd absurd nature of him i love how he's kind of this big badass who gets in his own way more than than other people do and he really wanted to play him in a movie and so this short film he agreed to do because it was sort of a potential stepping stone to get him out there in front of some WB executives who might want to put Lobo in like a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think his portrayal of him is pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, yeah. he definitely had, he definitely was doing the voice that I kind of pictured him having. Right. Now, like they still did a lot of like makeup work on, on his, even though he's a big man. Yeah. 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 They, man. they did a lot of makeup work on his muscles to make him look even more exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah. Like to accentuate all the, all the lines and, yeah, it was lots of shadows and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and he's covered head to toe in body paint. He really is, yeah. And, and, the, yeah. and the weird thing, the one weird thing is, I don't know, at least for me, I always read Lobo comics as those black marks around his eyes are facial markings of a of an alien race. But I always read the ones above his mouth as a mustache, you know, like, or goatee or something, but they definitely do they definitely just paint them on in the in the, the, the video version. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, in the there's some there's some style drawings of him where it looks like it's painted on, and then some of them it does look like facial hair. Right, right, exactly. So, and and the the video they actually at least up through this point they stick pretty close to the comic. They don't they, do. they don't bookend it with the weird scratchy couple. Um, no, they don't. They just jump right into the Lobo part. Right. Um, then once it gets to Santa's workshop is where it starts to get off the rails a little right, bit. Right, right. Yeah. They they shifted up. And I part of me was like, I'm assuming that was just CGI budget limitations. You know, because <laughs> when we get to there, we'll talk about how gory. Or you could we can talk about it now. It's up to you. When, when they made this, was this something that DC put money into or no it feels very very low budget it is it is like in fact i think that i think that i read that it was made for like 2500 bucks maybe 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, it was essentially like... It was essentially, I believe, and he, I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up because I think it says at the beginning like who did it, or it might say at the end. Yeah, like I think this was just a bunch of like independent filmmakers, or you know, like uh, like student film type thing. But but they got this guy because they were like looking for somebody to play Lobo, and he was like, "I'll play Lobo" because he wanted to be in a movie so bad as him, you know. Uh-huh. Again, I mean, he was still my pick. He might still be my pick to play Lobo in a movie because Lobo is a character that is so absurdist. It's not like you need like a like a, an award winning actor to to portray him. You know, it's he's he's essentially the WWE character of the DC universe, right? You know, um, but yeah, I mean, like it's uh, yeah, this was definitely low budget made dc had no affiliation with it i don't i i don't believe it all so um yeah but you're right it definitely feels like a like a shoestring budget movie you know i do like that it ends at the end it's at the end of the credits it says for all the children of the world (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah i mean there's some decent stylistic things like obviously because of their limited budget like the Easter bunny is just a guy in a bunny makeup, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know. I, and, and in the, in the show, they, they switch it up a little bit because the Easter bunny actually has two like playboy bunny type ladies with him. Yeah. At the bar. That was weird. Yeah. It was, it, it was weird. It felt kind of, I was like, are they, are they banging the anthropomorphic rabbit? Like, yeah, that's odd. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's less weird than like Howard the Duck and Beverly, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because which interestingly enough, we talked about (laughs) we talked about in the DC Marvel crossover. If you remember, the amalgam character that they created was Lobo the Duck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. But um, yeah, so the Easter Bunny wants to hire him to off Santa because Santa's getting a little too big for his britches and he's starting to hove in on all the other uh, holiday characters, you know, like he's basically Christmas is becoming so popular that nobody cares about Easter groundhogs day or, you know, Arbor day or whatever. Um, That's, that's goofy to me that like, that like all of the other, um, you know, holiday mascots, I guess, are all that bitter with Santa Claus. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It does remind me a little bit of like, um, almost like um, American Gods, if you've ever seen that show or read the book or anything. I haven't. I thought about it. That's um, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it, it is. It's pretty good. It's but it, but essentially the kind of the, the thought process behind American Gods is that the old gods, Odin, you know, Ares, all of them, people have sort of stopped believing and forget about them. And they're instead embracing new things like technology and entertainment. And, you know, as these sort of put up on a pedestal gods. And in that world, it's basically the less, the less people care about you, believe in you, the less power you have, you know? Okay. And so, um, it sort of reminds me of that though, because it's one of the main characters, Mr. Wednesday, he is on a crusade to like kind of unite some of the old gods to go after the new gods, you know? And it's because of that. Like he's sort of like, 
Yeah, like we're losing power. But there's there's a really good scene in the show where he goes to talk to Easter, basically, like the goddess of Easter, which is played by Kristen Chenoweth, which is perfect casting. Um, you know, I don't know. Do you know her? <laughs> I do. Okay, yeah. It's kind of perfect because she's like light and springy and, you know, and um, it just reminds me there's a scene in a show. I don't, I don't remember it being in the book, but in the show, he goes to this Easter party at her big mansion and he's like, and Mr. Wednesday, who's played by um, Ian McShane, you know, again, a perfect kind of perfect casting. He He's like talking to her and and the guy that's with him, who's just a human, is like, I I recognize like, do I know these people? Because he keeps seeing all these guys with like kind of long hair. And he's like, I, I think I know him. And, you know, but like kind of to himself. And then you realize at the end why as as people believe gods are created. Well. As the story of Jesus has spread all over the world and different beliefs have slightly different versions, her, her party is just full of different versions of Jesus, you know, <laughs> and, and Mr. Wednesday it basically is like, do you think anybody knows what Easter means, what Easter is about? He's like, you're a vessel. He's stolen your spotlight. And they get into a fight in the middle of the party. And he kind of is like, he's stolen your spotlight. And he points at one of them. And the guy just goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she's like, and then she pulls him aside, and it's great because it's again, it's Kristen Chenoweth with her like little voice and stuff. But she pulls Ian McShane into a back room, and then she unleashes. She's like, "How dare you embarrass me at my own effing party!" And like she's like going off. It's really, it's really a fun scene. But um, but anyway, it's sort of that that kind of. I don't know if that's what they were going for here. They don't really explain. Um, just that they're mad that Santa's getting a little too big for his britches. Um, right. You know, which is kind of why what gave me the idea to do this, because I don't know if you've seen the trailer for the new movie Fat Man. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. With Mel Gibson Mel as Gibson's Santa. That, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Walton Goggins as a as a hitman that's hired to take out Santa. Yeah. Is he really supposed to be Santa in that? Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because Walton Goggins is hired by a spoiled rich kid who got a piece of coal for Christmas. OK, Cause wow. He, yeah, because he's he's naughty. And so, yeah, but it has a weird side plot that's actually ties into the end of this, too, where Santa it needs needs something to make money the rest of the year. So he takes on a one time contract to make weapons for the government. <laughs> yeah, it's I kind of want to see the movie. I showed my son the trailer, too. He's like, we got to watch that. Yeah, we should watch that <laughs> yeah. podcast. Fat man. Anyway, yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we can we can check that one out. But uh yeah, so Lobo takes the job, right? He's a bounty hunter. He takes the job. Yeah, he takes the job, um, and immediately gets gets to work. He's uh, he ends up in the North Pole, and <laughs> this is uh, this is when it starts getting really gory. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the the workshop looks more like um, like a smokestack factory. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a Cold War Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. factory. Yeah. And uh, and the two the two damn elves that were at the, the front gate just didn't stand a chance. <laughs> right, right. He's spying them from like a, a nearby ridge. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. I, I will say on the way to the factory, I don't know if you caught this, on one page it just it's like a, a space landscape and there's like space dolphins flying through it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did catch that. Yeah. So a lot of times and you probably if you Google Lobo, if you're unfamiliar with him and you Google him and look at images, you might find images of him like riding on space dolphins, like standing on, you know, one on each foot with like a kind of a rain going to them. Uh huh. What's that about? He's a big dolphin lover. (laughs) Like, that's the that's a weird, like, character quirk that they've given him, which, again, it's so absurd because given his the how abrasive the rest of him is. Um, but it's actually been a, it's actually been a plot point in one, at least one comic. I think he gets into an altercation with Aquaman and is about to try to kill Aquaman until he realizes that Aquaman like talks to sea life and Aquaman loves dolphins also. And he's like, you know, he's kind of like, well, I can't kill another dolphin lover. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so weird. It's such a weird character quirk. But again, it makes me kind of just smile because it's so absurd. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I just I thought that was funny that they threw that in there. Since this is written by one of the co-creators, it makes a lot of sense, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so go ahead. So he gets there. There's two two elves watching guard over the whole place. And he just. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it gives you a taste of the gore is that he, he shoots. Did, he shot both of them through the head, didn't he? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like spatters blood everywhere. Yeah. It, even the even the the sound effects that just says punt. Yeah. And you sort of get the like, oh, yeah, that's like a kind of a wheat, wet meat sound like, mm-hmm. boom, 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 you know, like yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Go on. He uh he blows a hole. I mean, he doesn't try to hide his entrance into the factory <laughs> right, at all. Right. He's. It's just balls to the wall, yep. guns a-blazing. Yep. It just blows a hole in the gate and then just, just waltzes right in. Yeah, yeah. I do like that scene, too. As he's running in, they make sure to draw the nutsack on the dog that's with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just so ridiculous to me. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's strange. Yeah, yeah. It, so he gets inside, and the elves are horrifying creatures. They are. <laughs> They're so scary looking. Now, doesn't it say something about how, like, S- Santa's done something to the elves? Like, like they're all malnourished or something like that to keep them small? Yeah, to keep them small and, and fierce. Gotcha. Yeah. That's weird. It, it definitely, they definitely trying to make Santa out to be like a terrible person. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they make it like he's this weird, like, weird, like, overlord who's using capitalism and his stronghold on the North Pole to like keep these, keep these, uh, a, a group of people who you later find out, like he has a cloning machine, right? Or like a, yeah, like yeah. A, a, like an elf fun factory that he can just crank out <laughs> new ones. Yeah. But yeah, they, they definitely, they call him crusher actually. They do. Yeah, they do. They're clearly afraid of him. He's, he's, um, yeah, he, 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 uh, there was a, there was something I was going to say and I lost it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're, they like they mentioned in one panel that like um, one of the elves says something about like what we need is a union, and the other elves like, uh, sure, we could also let Crusher cut our lips off, you know. And I'm like, oh, what? That's gruesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, so he gets in there and he really just starts. He, there isn't a whole lot of talk. Is <laughs> the the elves are really frantic. They're trying to stop him. You think they got him surrounded at one point, and you think they really have weapons. Yeah, yeah. but what they have are toys. <laughs> right. Which I was like, that seems that seems weird. <laughs> like, first of all, though, you're not going to be able to sell those at like a Walmart. <laughs> they have to have those little orange <laughs> plugs in the end. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, if you if you let them if you don't put those in the end, then you just give corrupt police officers complete deniability. <laughs> you know. Right. Um Yeah, but they have him surrounded. In the surrounded shot I just noticed also you see the dog's balls again. Do you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they make sure that they're I there. Didn't catch that. I uh I'm I'm half wondering why they didn't make him a pug with his tail rolled up so that you could see his butthole in every shot also. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so he gets in and I mean, yeah, he just he starts mowing down. I like the one shot. There's one panel that I really like where it's like they're in DEFCON 4, you know, like everything like it's like the sirens are going off and the the red lights, emergency lights are on and uh-huh. It's just an extreme close up on an elf's face. And he's like, he's like, order a total mobilization. The naughtiest one has come. <laughs> right. It's so ridiculous. Like, it is ridiculous. It's Red Dawn, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. So they have them surrounded. You find out that their guns are pop guns, right? That's what you're getting at. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, they're toys, and uh, and then he just opens fire, and like that's when there's a lot of like um, dislodged eyeballs in these shots. Yeah, there definitely <laughs> are. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of nasty. Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so. So he makes short work of the elves. Yep, yep. He calls them unnatural dwarf geek suckers. <laughs> At one point, I'm like, yeah. So let's talk about Lobo's dialogue. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, let's. I, I figured you'd want to. You'd want to touch on this. <laughs> so he he uses like, and I realize like they at the time it wasn't you know they're they're still trying to sell this to a younger audience. So you know he can't like use curse words and stuff. Right, right. He, he says a lot of like nonsense things. Yes. Yes, big time. And uh, and I can't think I can't think of any one specific. Can you think of any like he normally? He's I know he says bastitch. Yeah, he definitely instead says bastitch yeah, instead of bastard instead of bastard or bitch. It's yeah. like a weird hybridization of the two. And I think they sort of explain that away and like that. That's very much a cuss word and where he's from. You know, like uh-huh. um, which is sort of in a weird way if you're trying to skirt the like. You know, the the line and go, well, we want this guy who's kind of a badass, like the biggest badass in the galaxy. And but we but he can't go, you know, oh, poop. Like, what if we yeah. just make up curse words from his planet and they're said in such a way that they're implied that they are curse words that they're curse. Yeah. Words. yeah I mean, I guess I get that. It's just it comes off really goofy. Oh, right, right. I mean, because he's like he's he uses the term fragging, fragging, which yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't really pin down if, like, it was killing or fucking because, like, <laughs> the context sort of changed depending on how he used it. Right, right, yeah. Well, and I think that – I think it could maybe be – I think it could be an analog for fuck, basically, because, mm. you know, like, I'm going to frag him up or, hey, let's go frag, 
you know, <laughs> like, right. like that's a very utilitarian word. Um, so maybe it's the same thing. Um, right. Yeah. They do a lot of the, like I said, the unnatural dwarf geek suckers. They do a lot of the like <laughs> Rob Zombie. Let's just, which he looks a little bit like Rob Zombie. Let's just. He does look a little bit like Rob let's Zombie. Let's just shove a bunch of words together. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't listen to any Rob Zombie now without laughing because I think of you talking about that. <laughs> oh, man. This is Friday the 13th nightmare before Christmas. Like dictionary he just like uh <laughs> worms okay worms kill kill <laughs> like that's how he writes music it's unbelievable um <laughs> you're welcome for that by the way <laughs> oh yeah that's it's good yeah i hope i hope it infected some of our audience today. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's my biggest fear is that you know like i i always joke that i want to just get big enough to bring fred armison onto the show to talk to you my biggest fear is that you're gonna bring rob zombie on and he's gonna be like so you don't like my music huh and i'm gonna be like no i love your music it's just pr- ridiculous <laughs> 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 Oh man. So they we get another during the gunfight, we get another big full body shot of Lobo shooting his guns. And it's I like the one gun it's sort of stylized. It's straight up in the air, but the way they have the gun shots, you see that he's just mowed mowed a vertical line into the as he fired, you know. Uh-huh. But but this is super 90s. This whole shot. He's got he's got the the big skull knee pads, the you know, uh-huh. the boots that come up to them, the, you know, sharp V back with the oversized mm-hmm. guns with multiple barrels. And he's got it his. reminds me of Spawn. And he, do what, yeah. And he's got his like yeah. left hip kind of kicked out to the side a little bit. <laughs> like he's sassy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny when I saw this picture, I was like, oh man, I bet younger me was like, that is badass. And here I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like he was just like, yeah, <laughs> as he did it, you know, like, <laughs> just kicking that hip out. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is when we get into like the real gore of what you were talking about. This is, this mm-hmm. is a lot of the eyeballs exploding out of heads, um, shooting people's, <laughs> shooting elves heads off. Yep. Uh, cutting them in half with gunfire, you know, and then he starts a, he starts a, a, musical number while he's killing them oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) he starts off with hi ho because he he thinks they're Uh they might be dwarves i guess at first i guess like um in the like fantasy sense of like snow white and the seven dwarves so he starts singing hi ho where he's talking about killing them amidst these Uh just shots of of viscera and decapitation and arms being blown off and you know <laughs> yeah it's really over the top <laughs> it really is it's really over the top man. it is and so th- this is the first page where i noticed that his gloves don't fit properly okay <laughs> they just have a su- it seems like most of his clothes are very ill-fitting, <laughs> Ill-fitting. Yes. i'll tell you what though man if, if there is a person alive who just in their everyday life embodies Lobo more than Dog the Bounty Hunter, I can't imagine who it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I I could see that. I mean, he's got the hair. <laughs> he doesn't have that weird bouffant poof thing in the front of his <laughs> Yeah, hair. Yeah, I mean, he's got the hair. He's got the fingerless gloves. 
He's usually wearing a vest, I believe. I wonder um I wonder if he's uh if that was if he was a fan of uh, Lobo. Oh, can you imagine? Could you imagine looking at this and going like I'm going to style my life after this guy? <laughs> but instead of the, instead uh, of blowing people apart, I'm going to cuff them, get them into my van, offer them a cigarette and talk to them about their life choices. <laughs> yeah. He uh for some reason I keep thinking that he did he he didn't die, right? I think his wife died. His wife died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Beth passed away. Well, that's weird. Why do I know dog's wife's Why name? Do you know I don't know. <laughs> Beth Smith. <laughs> I think uh, Wayne Chapman. <laughs> He's got the same name as uh, Lobo's dog. <laughs> uh, what's that? He's got the same name as Lobo's dog. Oh yeah. Dog the bounty hunter. Oh yeah. yeah, I I think I know the Beth thing because they they there was an episode of South Park where Cartman was trying to act like dog. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that, and he kept talking about his his best bitch Beth. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh shit! All right, yeah. So so he's blasting. I mean, I I don't know how else to describe other than it's just a horror show of of elf mutilation. Uh-huh. Speaking of dog, we see dog rip the arm off an elf at one point. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That, do- that dog just felt really weird and out of place to me. Yeah, yeah, especially when the dog starts singing at one point. Did he really? I don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if you have the, the comic pulled up. It's on page 27. I don't. So it's on page 27 where they where they highlight him attacking an elf. And... And there's word bubbles, but they're coming from the dog, very clearly. And I and I was like, did I miss something in all the Lobo comics I have? Because I'll fully admit, I bought a I bought a full run of Lobo back in the like late nineties, early two thousands, early aughts, early aughts. Um, I I went back and bought I think what I think at least at the time was every Lobo comic. Wow. And so I always assumed that the dog was just a dog. Or a space dog. Yeah, I just assumed it was a space dog. But but he definitely definitely he almost looks Zarnian. He almost he does. Yeah, yeah. he definitely um, he definitely sings in this. Really? Yeah. So he can talk, but he can't ever. Anything else I could find, anything else I remembered, I I never remember him talking. That's weird. Yeah, it's very odd. They they make sure in the one panel where he's jumping at an elf from the side that you can ad- clearly see his penis as well. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because he's definitely singing, and maybe that's because it's a book. You know, maybe that's how they get away with it because this is a fiction, kind of a a story book that you know okay, yeah, that the yeah. scratchy family has. everybody sings in a story. Book. Yeah, of course, of <laughs> course. Um, yeah, he basically eats an elf. He. He tears him apart and eats him. Um, and then it ends with Lobo saying cha-cha-cha as he walks away from this pile of dead <laughs> elves. Right. Um, that might have leprosy, but I think those are bullet holes. <laughs> they just have big red sore looking things all over them. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we get we get our Which- third full body shot of Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not mad at. I think that I think the poses are cool, and especially for a character like this, it's a. Uh, I imagine I always imagine Lobo a little bit like 
Like he thinks he's cooler than he is. He suffers a little bit from Spider-Man three syndrome. <laughs> right. Like yeah, I kind of yeah, always yeah, think that. I, so I imagine him posing in these things, like actually waiting a beat for, for the, the, the layout. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that's kind of how I imagine him a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely, I can definitely see that, especially with that comparison to Spider-Man. Oh, oh, oh. So this is the part where he's, he's walking away from the elves and he's about to enter, you know, Santa's portion of the workshop. Right, right. You know, like his, and it's very done up like, like a big gaudy HUD like hallway with, with these huge stairs and. Yep. Um, it's very over the top. Now in the movie, yes. which I just realized came out in 2002 and it looks like it was filmed 30 years ago. <laughs> right. right. Um, 2,500 bucks though, man. I mean, that's what, that's what you got to remember. 2,500 bucks. Yeah, I guess man. 25, but I feel like, man, that's not the only thing that suffers from that. If you look back at some of these old television shows yeah. and stuff from the early 2000s, it really looks like it was filmed like 30 or 40 Ooh, years yeah, it ago. It does. It does. I don't I don't I mean I I guess technology has changed that much that things look so much more crisp on television now. Right, right. Absolutely. But uh yeah, and in in that an elf walks in to warn Santa and he has he's missing an arm. Yeah. So at this point, though, in the comic, Santa already knows that he's there, but the, I don't remember an elf warning him. Did that happen? No, it did not. It did. Yeah, not. I didn't think so. Yeah. Yeah. He just walks in. He walks up the and, and the, the place where they filmed, obviously, much less, uh, much less gaudy Liberace de- decor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But he yeah. And the Liberace. I mean, it really is. It's like a li- it really it's like was. Liberace's mansion. Like, it's just it. they don't it, the color palette is a lot more subdued, but you like, you just imagine that everything is gold and mm-hmm. um, that was the impression. I got. Yeah. Like gold was and there, marble. There was a and, lot of gold. A lo- yeah. yeah. And so, um, no, he just walks in on Santa. Yeah. Very, uh, Trump family mansion. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Trump family mansion. Cause he's sitting on a gold throne too. And I don't mean a toilet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> the one difference is he's sitting on a gold throne and not his daughter. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, but they 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 sort of replicate the shot almost of the close up yeah. of Santa's hand with the big cigar in it, the big stogie. Yeah. Um, just in so- the comic, it's Lobo's <laughs> silhouette in the background. In the movie, in the short film, it's a uh, arm ripped off elf in the back silhouette yeah. in the background. Right. Yeah. And. Uh- so i pictured when i was reading this as santa i pictured it as the santa from elf played by ed asner oh nice (laughs) so i pictured ed asner looking like a total badass with (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) ed asner he is a badass man yeah yeah, it, that was that was definitely the best Santa Claus. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I I would put him up against a, any Santa Claus in the history just, of just a gruff cinema. old codger. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Well, even in that, like, what was it when he was in the when when he Buddy stowed away in the movie Elf? Didn't uh, uh-huh. didn't he like at that point in the orphanage like turn around and be like what like oh like he was ready to fight? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then later on, you know, he's like. In the in the park, he does the same thing. He's got like the tire iron or something, right? He whips around. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, Santa's ready to throw down. All right, right. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is funny. Um, so that's the Santa I picture. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, the one weird thing is that in the comic, Santa has a gorilla. Yeah, what's up with <laughs> I that? I don't know. <laughs> it's a gorilla named Kong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is just weird. Um, in and of itself. I mean, it wasn't even a smart gorilla. We're in the DC universe with Gorilla Grodd. There are intelligent gorillas here. Oh my god, I forgot about Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. Although, if I remember <laughs> right, I think the gorilla talks at one point, too. Does he? I can't remember. I, I, I'll i look as we continue to talk through this, but I feel like at one point, toward the end of the, of the book, he talks. I know the penguins uh-huh. definitely do. Yeah. The penguins do. He's. It's so funny because, like, why are all the penguins wearing like little bandit masks? I don't know. Well, I, again, I I'm like, are they henchmen from the penguin? Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. It. It, it seems like. Um, it seems like they're happy that they've been liberated from Santa Claus, yeah. and they're, they're they're just all too willing to help him carry out the rest of his plan. Oh, right. Right. Absolutely. So. Yeah, so in the comic, Lobo's about to just scrag Santa, um, <laughs> and Santa, and they they kind of do this in the um, in the movie too. He's like, oh, "You wouldn't just shoot a helpless old man, would you?" You know, like, mm-hmm. um, it would. I'm like, "Don't fall for it." He's crafty. Um, <laughs> in the comic, <laughs> in the comic, they definitely or in the in the short film, they definitely give Santa seemingly a little bit more magical properties. Because if you remember, Lobo walks in and the throne is empty and he turns around to look for Santa and then he whips back around and Santa's sitting in the throne. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, did he teleport there? What? You know, but. Um, He's nimble. He is nimble. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is where a lot changes, too, because this is where in the in the short film, the Easter Bunny makes another appearance. Mm hmm. And Santa has captured him and neutered him for some reason. <laughs> Which, doesn't he stand up at one point after he's killed Santa and it looks like his crotch is mutilated? Yes. Yes. Okay. They definitely, they definitely, he's wearing pants, but they definitely have mm-hmm. fur on the crotch area sticking out like the fly is open. Right. And it's all bloody. Um, doesn't happen in the comic. Right. Um, they found other ways to use gore in the comic, but... But yeah, like I thought that was uh I thought that was strange with the that they threw the Easter bunny back in there. In the comic they instead go get into a kukri fight. A what fight? Kukri? Like the kind of vaguely curved blades. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, they have a they have a That's right. good he, old fashioned knife fight. <laughs> well, yeah, Santa talks him into, you know, letting him defend himself. Right. And so he picks he picks the knives, and Lobo calls it a shiv. 
Yeah, yeah. Probably because he's enormous. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's huge. He can be like, yeah. I barely hold this handle. It's like a toothpick. Yeah, I forgot about that. I I like the idea of Santa picking knives for a knife fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. Kind of this whole scene is really funny to me. But then, man, he, he like lays out Santa with one punch and again, knocks an eyeball out. <laughs> right. And But like, I feel like. Here's the part where, like, and, and I know it's a comic, and everything is so, like, over the top, but I feel like if you hit somebody hard enough in the face... Yeah. ...and you dislodged their eyeball... Yeah. They would they would be so out of it... Yeah. ...that they wouldn't be able to keep going and trying to fight you. I mean, I don't think anybody could do that. Right, right. Well, and I mean, he doesn't he doesn't fight long after the... He does a little no, bit, no. but he does... But not long... And so the other thing, just to gross you out even more, I don't know if you've ever seen or, or heard any accounts from um, from anybody who's had that happen, but apparently if your eyeball gets knocked out but it's still hanging on like that, you're, uh-huh. you're so disoriented that you almost go down in a heat because you are still seeing out of that eye. Mm-hmm. So from things I've heard, it essentially you're seeing what you're – in lodged still lodged eye is seen straight ahead but at the same time you're also seen straight down to the floor gotcha yeah, yeah. i can see how that would be disorienting. yeah and so it's sort of like a double exposed piece of film or, or picture where like you're getting the overlay of both images you know gotcha and so um i again i don't know my dad liked to tell stories i don't know how true this was if he was even there he told me the story about a bar fight that with some guys he knew um, that one of them, a guy ended up getting hit in the forehead with a baseball bat and an eye popped out. And I was like, what? You know, and I was like, you know, and it was like a friend of his in the fight, not my dad. But mm-hmm. but I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah, I can't even imagine. I feel like. You, I mean, you would probably have to, like, break the orbit of the eye, right? Just to get the eye to come out like that? I would think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I know a girl in high school who played softball, and she had a, um, she had a softball pitching machine that kind of went Ooh. wonky, and it hit her in the eye and broke her orbital socket. And, yeah. and her eye didn't come out, but I remember them telling her, like basically for the next month, if you feel like you have to sneeze, like grab your nose to stop yourself from sneezing because we've put mesh on it. But if you sneeze too hard, your eyeball could fall back into your skull cavity. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. And I was like, what? How do you not sneeze for a month? <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, to hear her describe, it was pretty gruesome. Um, yeah, that sounds really gruesome. But yeah, I remember, yeah, she got hit in the eye and it, and it cracked her orbital socket. Um, I also know a guy who got into a fight and cracked a guy's orbital socket in the fight. <laughs> it was like, what? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm definitely yeah, not tough. I'm not tough enough to fight. Like, <laughs> you know, I heard that story and they're like, yeah, he punched the guy. Like, he definitely did not start it. Um, in fact, the guy tried to take him to court over the whole thing. And, uh, fortunately an off duty police officer witnessed the whole thing and was like, no, he gave the guy every chance to walk away and the guy kept attacking him. And so he finally just threw a punch and hit him just right, I guess, and cracked his orbital socket. 
That's which, that's rough. Yeah, which I was like, dude, you're a yeah, like you're a badass. Like I don't <laughs> I don't think I could crack an orbital socket with a hammer. Like I'm like I'd be like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> like you dropped it, you fainted. <laughs> well Yeah, that's my defense mechanism. Um anyway, so yeah, they're fighting. The the penguins are watching Kong looks sad at first, but the weird, the weird, uh, Robin domino masked penguins are all, like you said, all too happy. Uh-huh. They're, they, they're, you know, three cheers for the main man, they say. Right. Um, they, That's so goofy. Yeah. Um, then we get our fourth full body shot of Lobo with the bloody kukri, <laughs> the headless body of Santa spurting blood. The ill-fitting gloves, and him saying, seasons greetings, fats. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, it's much different in the in the short film, Santa instead tries, tries to bribe him with a snow globe. Yeah, it's that's weird. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like really fixated on it. Yeah, he's really enamored with it for a while, and yeah. Santa tries to pull a gun and get the drop on him. Right. But but he's the main man. He's all too aware. Yeah, he calls himself the main man, like in third person. Yeah, he does. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, That's so weird. Now, I was reading about, um, briefly, I didn't get into a lot of it, but that uh, the Zarnians were actually a peaceful race. Yes. So why what is it about Lobo that makes him so much different than the rest of his people? So, I don't know. Um, they've never really said that it was like a genetic thing or anything that just that he was a bad seed kind of, and, um, so he's literally like the opposite of Superman. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, um, and in fact, I think, I think we talked about it briefly last time, but for his high school science project, um, his backstory is for his high school science project, he created a genetically altered like um species of flying scorpion that he he basically immunized himself against their poison and then released them on the planet to wipe out all of Zarnia. Yeah, yeah, cuz I read that they don't exist anymore, but I didn't know that um <laughs> that it's because of Lobo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was because he wanted to be unique. Yeah, yeah. So do all of did all of the Zarnians look like Lobo, were they all like big and beefy and have the no, the, no, the kiss makeup? They all have the kiss looking makeup, like or or, or spots. Yeah, as far as I remember, as far as I okay, as I believe, because I've read, I have a Lobo origin comic where they're showing that, and I believe they were all like uh, the kind of like silvery white skin with with like the black facial markings, right? Okay, um, but they're definitely That's what I kind of thought. They're definitely not sure. all beefy because in the new Fifty Two, when DC did their you know their semi annually annual revamp of their entire comic line or whatever, um, they redid Lobo because Lobo when he first appeared was actually a little bit leaner. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the, I think it's like an episode, an episode, an issue of Omega Men is where he first appeared, and yeah, I saw the cover. Yeah, and he's a lot leaner with that like weird. Um, Wayne Newton hair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it really is. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty apt. Um, 
And so when they did the new 52 reboot, they actually introduced a new, like, younger, leaner Lobo who was uh-huh. the real Lobo. And this Lobo, they they said, was like a clone. And so he killed this Lobo. Um, But yeah, I think I see you see yeah, you probably that. have. And everybody lost their minds, me included. I mean, I didn't lose my mind, but I was like, that sucks because that's the fun of Lobo is he's a big, dumb meathead, you know, right. who's who's just a bounty hunter and like a biker. And this guy like looks like Zac Efron who like uh-huh. Zac Efron fell into, you know, um, the, the flower while he was baking. And I'm like, all right. Like I, I want big, crazy, dirty, probably stinks a little Lobo. Yeah. I don't want high school musical, the Lobo, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. But they definitely did that for a while. I think they may have gone back to this version since, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, so uh, so he kills Santa. What, uh, they, they make a point of throwing in also that, that Santa was into weird sex stuff in the comic. I don't remember that. Oh, you don't? He's, he's no, like... No, what did he... He, uh, what does he say? Lobo's like... He's like, can't can't blame the old goat for trying, though. This is some sweet deal he's laid down here. You only got to work one day a year and all the elves you can handle. If you're into little oh. guys with pointed ears, that is. And then there's like a closet that's open and there's like a blow up doll and like a leather mask and like knee high boots. I I must have overlooked that. Yeah. And I was like, was that necessary? It looks like, I mean, it looks like very hastily drawn. Like maybe, maybe it was an afterthought and they were like, one of them like got, you know, I don't know, the delivery guy or a child and was like, I mean, not that delivery guys can't draw, but that's not their chosen profession. And was like, can you draw what you imagine sex stuff looks like in this closet? Because it looks very hastily scrawled together. Yeah. And so then he, he starts like taking a look around the the setup and this mm-hmm. is when the gorilla is coming with him and the you know and the the penguins penguins yeah which one of the penguins i do like that they at least address it like they almost knew it's like they almost knew that the internet was coming and they were going to get added because the one penguin goes <laughs> we should go back to the south pole <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's just like, that's hilarious that they're like, you know, penguins aren't at the North Pole. Shut up. I'm putting them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he finds the naughty and nice list to which he says something about how, like, the naughty list is a potential source of competition. So he needs to eliminate them. And then the nice list right. is just a, a list of potential victims, you know, or fu- future prey. <laughs> <laughs> victims in the making right. and i'm like okay yeah this is where it gets even more over the top yeah it gets more strange and he decides to start using all the stuff to make mass destructive weapons mm-hmm. <laughs> like nukes and and at this point at this point the the movie has ended right the the short film Right. I don't think they get into this. It ends with him killing killing the Easter bunny, right? The guy who hired him mm-hmm. because the Easter bunny won't shut up about right. how he's going to rule everything now that Santa's dead. Um, yeah, and the movies, and then Lobo takes a butane torch and lights a cigar, and then he sh- shoots the Easter Bunny. And I find it highly unrealistic, mainly because his gloves fit in the short film. 
<laughs> they go all the way to the wrist. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you even Lobo, bro? <laughs> yeah, so he he shoots the Easter Bunny, and that's the end of the short film. But the comic continues right. on with him making weapons of mass destruction at Santa's workshop. And then proceeding to drop. That's him. where you get a taste of his superior intellect because he figured out how to how to manufacture them using Santa's equipment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, they, they, you know, in his backstory, too, like he genetically engineered flying scorpions that were venomous. Right. You know, um, but yeah. So then he goes, what is it? He he goes out to tell the reindeer that they who also talk in this that they oh, yeah. he wants Rudolph to lead us lead the charge of the sleigh and he says <laughs> no and gets shot off screen <laughs> right um, <laughs> Which, like, they went to the trouble to put that off screen but everything else <laughs> right right <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. It was almost like they were like, we'll have him kill Rudolph. Like, oh, we can't have him well, kill Rudolph. People we can't will kill Rudolph. I mean, <laughs> people will revolt. <laughs> like, what if it happens off screen? Sure. Um, and then this is where he gets some of your favorite stuff. He gets in the sleigh and tells them on Fragger, on Bastich, on oh, uh, Scuzzball. <laughs> like, yeah, Scuzzball. Because he doesn't know any of the reindeer's names. Right. And then uh, they're flying through the sky, silhouetted with his giant sack of nukes. And then he just uh -huh. starts dropping them on what appears to be like middle America. Right. <laughs> right. Just, yeah. Suburban America, just dropping them on homes. Yeah. And the mushroom clouds in the background. Right. Right. And that's how the story ends. That's how the, the book that the scratchy couple is reading ends. Right. Um. And and then it goes back to our our first our parents our dis our uh, disenfranchised parents, and the dad says, "Incredible, a literary masterpiece." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then they're they're like, "This might work if we read this to the kids. This might just we might live. We might make it through the holidays." And then the last page of the book, of course, says, "This book good." Well, it doesn't look like the last page. It looks like it's like in the middle of the book. Right, but yeah. It says, this book good for only one read. Gotcha, sucker. And then it disappears. Yeah, and then it disappears, yeah. Yeah. At which point, the mom's curlers fly out, with pings even, so <laughs> very much like uh, the witch from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Right. Um, and then she's like, she's like, oh god, oh god, like, we're gonna die. And then... Uh, and his little his little turd emoji has gotten taller and taller as the story is gone. <laughs> right. His little turd emoji hair. And then he says, don't fret, honey. I'll say goodnight to the kids for you. And he's walking up the stairs with the gun. And then it ends with just gunshots over top of Silent Night. Right. Right. And I'm like. That's dark. It's real dark. <laughs> I mean, in a weird way, even the the horror of watching the elves get disemboweled with bullets and stuff seems uh -huh. less traumatizing to me than that that scene of this guy the just parent murdering yeah, his own children just murdering his children in their bed while singing christmas carols yep and, and that's where it ends and then it's lobo and dog flipping off the camera mm -hmm. saying merry christmas compadres was that a thing in the early 90s? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember Do that. Do you? Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Um, and then he says, ho, ho, fragging ho. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we and we reach the end of the of the Lobo paramilitary Christmas special. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So lots of dark, lots of craziness, lots of lots of violence, ultra violence, and and like I said, just dumb, dumb meathead. But in a weird way, sort of funny throughout. I thought, like, mm-hmm. like as I'm reading it, like I kind of would giggle at certain things. And I remember, I mean, I remember being a being younger and reading this and thinking it was hilarious. This was just great. And now right. I'm like, this isn't as good as I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I liked it okay. Did you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it okay. I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Lobo, but I did enjoy the comic enough, I think. Right, right. Um, He's good in small doses, I think. Sure, sure. There's definitely some elements of it that I thought were too too much for me, like the parents murdering their own children. Right, yep. Um, and may, that may just be because I'm a parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, It may just be because it hit too close to home. Because like, yeah. <laughs> there are days when I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, that's wrong, but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, it's messed up. It, it really is. I would never uh, do that. That's horribly wrong. But sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, I got to take a walk. I'll be, I'm going to take a lap. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah that kind so, of stuff was a little much, but, but you like the other stuff. Okay. Huh? Yeah. I liked it. Okay. I mean, it was, it was amusing enough. Cause it was just, it was, you could tell it was meant to be over the top. Right. Right. Of course. So, of course. So I, I kind of got a kick out of that. I liked the idea of him fighting Santa Claus with, uh, with knives. Um, it ended very quickly. It did. It did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I guess that's what happens when you go up against Lobo with the main man. You can't, how are you going to, how are you going to stand against him? Um, <laughs> so, so Lobo's paramilitary Christmas special, Falls between Hamilton and Zardoz for me. I still didn't be Zardoz. I still think that Zardoz is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. The it's funny because the more I know, I railed really hard on Zardoz. The more I've thought back about it, I'm like, well, that was pretty funny, and that's kind of yeah. funny. So I don't know. It was it was funny to rail on. That's why I think we need to find more more stuff like, like strange that. movies yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um. Yeah, I mean it was it was fun. It was fun to make fun of. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of I get that. Um the more I the more I've thought about it and revisited it in my mind, it it makes a little bit more it it makes more sense to me that that you had so much fun with it. I did have a lot of fun with it. Also, it was it was amusing to me because like you were almost mad about it. <laughs> I was mad. I think I was mad that it beat some of these other things that I hold dear. <laughs> and I, I was just not like not not even really mad as much as just like shocked. Like just like what? How could yeah. it? Um I think some people will find it amusing that this uh, this beats out Hamilton for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Just barely. That, that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's still pretty high up there, though. It's it's in the let's see, it's number eight on the from the top. Number eight. Wow, that's saying yeah. a lot, man. It really is. Um, yeah. That's funny. So, 
Right on. So any any parting thoughts on uh, on Lobo or Lobo's paramilitary Christmas special? No, no, I don't have any parting thoughts. It was okay. It was, it was, it was all right. Yeah, not bad, right? I mean, it's definitely yeah. a it's definitely a child of the nineties. Like you can, it like sure you said, is. you can just tell reading it. You're like, you, yeah. oh yeah, man, this is like this is more more nineties than Zach calling a timeout and talking directly to the camera. Saved by the bell, you know, like, um, but yeah, man. So right on. I'm glad, I'm glad that you at least found some humor and some enjoyment out of it. I did. I did. All right. Well, I don't know that, I don't know that I have a quote directly from it, but, uh, but I know that I, I don't feel this way, but I know Lobo always does. He, uh, one of the things he always said a lot in the comics was bite me fanboys. (laughs) I don't know why I'm not even sure what that means. But, <laughs> but but it always made me smile as a as a youngster. <laughs> well, for our listening audience, I just got to say, make sure you come on back, you bastard. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> later. Reading the Nerd was recorded and produced by Zach Boyd and Tim Witham in Dayton, Ohio. If you liked our show, subscribe, rate, share, and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms. For questions, comments, or ideas, drop us an email at gradingthenerdpodcast at gmail.com. As always, Anchor members can send us a voicemail. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find all of his credits and links in our show notes. Come back for more, and we'll see you next time on Grading the Nerd.